Well, I've got to ask, whenever you've been stuck in a pit with lions, what did you rely on most? The garlic uh, cross hanging on you? What, what, what worked? Well, we're going to look at Daniel. So here's, here's the faith in the pit. This is a decree given by King Darius, who is in Babylon in the city in the citadel, but he is uh, a king of the Medes and Persians at this point. So the pit has lions in it, and Daniel's been thrown there. This is after the fact. I decree, says Darius, that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. And he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So the situation is Daniel has been a he's an old, old, old person by this point in his life, and he has been in responsible positions since his youth and within the kingdom of Babylon, now the Medes and Persians, and he is uh, the envy of some of the locals. They don't like it that this uh, Jewish man has, who, who is a captive winds up in these top posts, so they come up with a plan to trap him, and the, the idea was... For 30 days, people have to pray to the king, only not to God, any God, big G, little G, no gods. So Daniel doesn't break his stride. He just keeps praying three times a day to the one true God. And these guys planned that he would do that. And they they were planning on him continuing. So he gets arrested. They tell the king, and, and the king is saddened that he got tricked into signing a law that said that, that whoever didn't pray to him only within this 30 days would be thrown into a pit of lions. Daniel's thrown into the pit of lions. The king's all upset. Daniel isn't. Isn't that weird? He's just, okay. So he says, well, God will take care of me, if, you know, if, however this goes. So he goes into the pit, and then he tells the king the next morning, the Lord sent angel angel closed the mouths of the lions, and he was fine. So obviously the lions weren't hungry. They weren't that mean. They had their teeth pulled. Something happened because they weren't, they weren't ferocious or anything. So the king says, well, let's get Daniel out. Let's go get the guys who accused him and their families, and let's throw them in. And before it says, before they hit the floor of the pit, they're all torn apart. So these lions were ferocious. There's more than one, and Daniel's in there all night with them, just petting them on the heads, and nice kitty, and everything's good. And there's something that worked, and it's the living God working in an individual, being with them, because he's at peace in the midst of this. God does this miraculous thing since an angel, but he is at peace in the midst of this. And that's because of faith. And the faith that he has in the resulting miracle in this moment leads the king, Darius, of the Medes and Persians, to decree that everybody's going to worship this God, recognize this God. They have lots, this God. So this is, a, this is huge. And we're talking, you know, in the, in the Mesopotamian area, to narrow this down to this God is pretty amazing. But this is the God who saves his people, performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth, and he rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So we're looking at faith manifested in this uh, part eight of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And here is from manifestation of faith, 1 Corinthians 12, 9. This is the, we're talking about these gifts of of the Spirit coming to believers, and this is one in that list from uh, 1 Corinthians 12. The same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gives great faith 
to another. So he's talking about different things, different gifts, different things that happen along the way. I want you to know what that faith is, what it looks like, how that works, and that this faith is unique. It's different. This is a gift of faith, different from the faith that gets us into the faith. You know, we use that word faith for all that that encompasses Christianity. So we're going to enter into the faith, and, and people say, well, they left the faith. Well, that means they walked away from Jesus. They walked away from the Christian culture that they were part of, the theological basis of all those things. So the faith is, makes up all of that. But there's faith in Jesus, and believing in Jesus, believing in what he's done, who he is, what God is up to. Faith, that gets us in. So that's coming, we're supposed to have faith. We are to believe. And when we believe, then we don't perish but have eternal life. So this is, that's faith. That's not the one we're talking about in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. So some people are going to have this kind of faith. And it's going to look a little different. There's more to it. Because there are sources, sources of faith. And we want to see some of those. There are, are alternatives. And when you're talking about faith in just in general... Faith comes in, in a variety of packages, and one of those is positive thinking. So if you've been to seminars, depending on if you're working for a particular company, then they sometimes have these guys come in, they get Tony Robbins or somebody to come in and fire you up, and it's positive thinking, and, and you just revolutionize your life with little mottos and quotes and you put them on your refrigerator and you put them by your mirror and you repeat them to yourself and you get your brain thinking positive instead of negative and it works it's it's a helpful thing it's building a faith a and it and it from positive thinking we come up with a positive faith about the world or about us or all the amazing things i can do there's a big lie let me just throw this out there this is actually nowhere in these notes the the big lie is we as parents or adults, we can tell pe young people, you can do anything you want. And I want you to look at those kids and tell me you're not lying to them. You can be president. How many, what were the odds? You can be an astronaut. How many out of all of the people that have, you know, we're being positive and we're trying to be, you know, encouraging but how long by the time they get to 11th grade, they go, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make president. I didn't get class treasurer clown, so I don't know what my future holds. And then you get out in your 20s and you go, wow, that didn't work. You hit 40 and people are going, I'm going to have to have a crisis moment here because I didn't achieve all those things that, I, you know, they told me I could do anything. Can you hold your breath for 12 minutes underwater? No. So... We're kind of lying to people. But the positive thinking, on the other hand, is a good thing because we're getting past some self-barriers, uh, obstacles that we've created for ourselves and thinking more positive about the, thing, the potential that we have and our abilities. And we, we need that. That's why these guys are great to have around. So if you happen across you know, some of those books or YouTubes or go to the seminars, take it in, be encouraged. That's, it's positive thinking, but it creates almost a source of faith that is, is self-made. It's made from the internal, uh, from us getting jazzed up. And that, it's, it's, that's one part of it. There's also uh, groupthink. And groupthink can be uh, any mass of people holding on to a particular belief, and they think... Even let's see, they're colonizing North America, so colonies on the East Coast, and they come up with this idea: the new, newly formed United States is coming together, and and they have this sense of manifest destiny. So there's a whole group of people, and these states are now formed, and they go, we need to go west. And Jefferson buys the Louisiana Purchase. There's exploration. They find the ocean on the other end, and they go, that's all ours. Well, it's not yet. And there are some tribes going, I don't think that's yours. But 
Nonetheless, manifest destiny. Greeley says, go west, young man. And all of it takes off and people have covered wagons and then trains and things happen. We filled up from east to west. Manifest destiny becomes a thing and it's in the, in the minds of millions of people going, we need to fill this up at all. And this is us. This is the country. On a negative side, you can have some guy with a swastika telling you, you know, we need to clean house, get rid of certain people, and just expand our lands. And so you can get groupthink there too. And you go, why would those people think like that? Didn't they see what was happening to their neighbors? Yeah. Groupthink. I have faith in this system. Some of them are scared, but beyond the scared ones, there's the faith in, and it can be any kind of a groupthink. So let me put these two in, church, in the church situation. So we have positive thinking. If you think positive, and, and the faith now becomes what I can generate, and, and I, am, I need to fire people up. So the best, the best of the Christian speakers, preachers, are the guys who can generate the most positive faith. All you have to do is turn on the TV if you don't believe it. Look at the size of the crowd. What happens in a group when that guy speaks? And they are so excited. They are listening to every word. They believe this is the best and this is, and, and it's in me. And I can experience this because I can generate, it, it's here, it's for me. It was for, God did this for me and, and I get my new Mercedes. It's me. And flip the channel, there's another one. Flip the channel, there's another one. They're just positive thinking, creates a group think. And it's faith. It's not secular all the time. It is also, I mean, it can be political or national. It can be all those. But it's also within the church. So there's a faith-based, positive thinking, group think that happens. Grabs people and moves them in, a, in, another, in another direction. And it is a flow, a natural thing that's, that could be used for good, obviously. Because when we think about good things, go, well, you know, we should build roads and bridges and, and ones that hold up. You go, that's a, that's a really good idea. So people pull together and they make things like that happen, and it's, that's, that's a positive. We can say, you know, let's feed people, let's take care of people. We've got things that are going on around the country that people are coming out and helping people who are in need, and it's, that's part of this positive thinking group thing. Awesome. In the church, we're drawing it from in here and then telling people these positive things from a, from a human worldview, from our own perspective as human beings. Now we're crossing the line because God has called us to a different kind of faith, and it's faith in him. Does he want us to have faith in ourselves? Yeah, but we need to understand the difference. And unfortunately, many of these publications don't differentiate between uh, just talking about what you know, some positive things for you. That's God's given you those abilities. Go do them. But it's not all you, Re- regardless of how th- great you think you are. Again, you cannot hold your breath for twelve minutes underwater. So you can't do everything. He can. He can. So we need faith in Him to generate in us and join with what He's given us already to come up with something different. So this is sources of faith, positive thinking, group thinking, powers of darkness. So in the world around us, there's also the powers of darkness. That may take us back to the swastika thing, but it also may explain a whole lot of other directions that people have taken over time and that are generated by forces beyond human beings. And people are listening to these forces there are the small g gods that have influence. There are demonic powers that have influence. And we have our own twisted ideas without any help, but you throw them in there and we really do take a turn. And those things, they, they generate a different kind of faith. Now there's a great group of people gathering together in the deserts of Western America burning a man. That's one of the things that goes on. So out of Burning Man, you have 
circles of people around this thing celebrating the the small g gods worshiping if they're involved with wicca or new age or self-promotion all kinds of things are going on in a group celebrating us as who, us and our own greatness as human beings us and then they burn the man at the end and and then they go home or back to LA where I guess they come from so there are are alternatives uh, sources of faith and then there are authorized sources of faith so personal faith that's the one that we have that Jesus is calling on and saying if if you believe in me then you don't perish i have come because god so loves you he doesn't want you to perish believe in me and i'll give you life and i'll give you everlasting life and that personal faith begins the process. We join the family of God where he wants to include us in this bigger thing that's going on. Then we have that same personal faith to walk with him, to listen to him, to learn about him, to, to build a relationship with him and become more and more connected to the God of heaven and to begin to move in a different way in this world within his kingdom, his realm his way of accomplishing things in the world and it's personal faith so we got us believing in him he can act and interact with us because of the faith and then he brings us to another level we have group faith and that is what this would be in the church the body of christ we got a bunch of people going i want to follow jesus i want to believe and i believe him and at you know different levels and different knowledge points and all of that but but it still begins with there's personal faith now we're a group and we want to go that way with him so that's group faith and we, that's part of what the body of Christ is all about so that's an authorized version of that those are faith generated from us or from a group of us Believing him, listening to him, looking to him. And when you're reading the scriptures, you're going to come across that one a lot. We need to be believers. We need, and we're called believers, and we're supposed to exercise faith. Then we come across 1 Corinthians 12, 9, and that one isn't the same. That's not this one. This is spirit-empowered faith that goes beyond that individual personal faith and beyond the group faith that happens as a bunch of different people believing in Jesus come together, work together towards things, work together to know him, to practice walking with him. Spirit-empowered faith is going to come from the, the Holy Spirit, from God, from the throne in heaven, into and through us, and give us an ability to see God at work in some phenomenal ways that we would not necessarily exercise on our own. It's beyond us. We're limited. We're just human beings. We don't have these abilities. He does. And he brings those in and makes them available to us. The powers of darkness, we're told in Scripture, will duplicate, copy, counterfeit what God will do. So if God's going to bring some miraculous thing along, signs and wonders, then that's what the enemy's going to do. And he's going to send people who will duplicate, copy, try to do the same thing. Can't can't all be done, but some of it can be done enough that people will buy it. So the powers of darkness duplicate something or copy something, and it looks like, well, that's, you know, there's great faith. Look at this miraculous thing that just happened. And then people go, that must be God because that was a miraculous thing. That guy couldn't have done it. Well, yeah, he couldn't have done it, but somebody else could. And so we got that one. So that's one of the alternatives of faith, authorized faith, spirit of spirit of god empowers and accomplishes his purposes and as we saw from darius the result of that is he recognizes there is a god in heaven his decree as the king to his people was that maybe there is you know he's about as good as marduk uh no everyone in my kingdom should tremble with fear before the god of daniel no hesitation. 
It's him. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. And this is something big for these people. He's rescued Daniel from the lion's den. You just go, okay. He's talking about something that is beyond us. It points to God. It, it, it's authorized by the living God. And this is something more than Marduk would have pulled off. It's more than the, the gods of the Mesopotamians could have done. This is, this is the God of Daniel. So that's the one we tremble and fear before. So this is a different kind. This is bringing in a different kind of faith. It comes from out there. On the church side, let me go back to that one. The danger of focusing on the ABCs of faith. This is just a, 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 a reality in our culture, but there's a tendency. So if, if you go to the scriptures and you discover what is it God is doing? What is the kingdom of God about? How is he working in this in this planet among human beings, and how does that how does that play out? Because as humans, we have a certain way of understanding and rationalizing and putting pieces together, so that we understand or try to identify God was here. Darius recognized it because Daniel came out of the lion's den, and it was obvious the lions were capable of taking him apart, and they didn't. And he went, "Yep." There's a God in heaven. He got it. So what is it for the people of our day? What is it that really, really proves that God is there? You'll see an image of buildings. Uh, These are from Garden Grove, California. Uh, Just an example of one. During the time that... uh, the Crystal Cathedral was, was uh, the ministries were being put together. There was a, a desire to gather a crowd, and, and you have a person who's in charge of this who is just so brilliantly gifted with uh, speaking ability and motivational gifts, and he's a positive thinker. And he just and he has drive, and he is he's just infectious. So if you've ever saw if you watched it on TV, then you saw some some Robert Schuler moments through the years. Those are the buildings that were built, and that ministry was built on the idea that we need to gather as much as we can, build lots of these buildings. Big deal. I remember my mom throwing money at the getting the glass for the sending money out there for the crystal cathedral and i've been in there for service and it was magnificent so really cool here's the danger of focusing on the abc's of faith attendance buildings cash so those are the draw those are the those are the so do we have a guy who goes down into the pit with the lions that says, God is God. Well, in America, if you can get a big crowd, build some buildings, and have lots of cash, that, my friends, proves that God is real. Does that sound more capitalist or Christian? Because we've got an issue here. Will God use people and, and with amazing gifts gather crowds and some buildings come up? Yeah, those things happen. What if the majority of what I'm dealing with and presenting is positive faith, positive thinking, positive, you can do it, anything you want. But it's God above who has the ability to do all things. So what happens when the Robert Schuller guy in whatever ministry it may be is removed and goes to heaven? Well, in this case, there's infighting among the family and the whole thing's sold off to Catholic charities, I think. So somebody bought it, you know, and uh, pennies on the dollar and the whole... 
the whole thing is gone. So what are we to think? Obviously, it's only the miracles that do something flashy. Somebody gets a new car. Somebody gets a, uh, a bigger building or a bigger crowd because that is, that is it. And I hear this all the time in pastoral groups, so this is, it just, it's a disappointment to me at a level I can't even explain because that is not the biblical view of faith or of God's accomplishments. Let me show you. A fusion of faith. This is from Hebrews chapter 11. So from the scripture and from the history of faith, the whole of Hebrews chapter 11 is a, is a uh, description of faith from God's perspective, what he applauds in his people. And when we come to this point here, this is verses 32 to 39, and he is he's developing these things with history, and I won't go through all of all the references here, but it, it will give you an idea. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. That's faith. God is working in them and through them to accomplish great things. You read those stories in the scriptures. Some of these are not recorded in scripture, but they're in the history of the people. And you, you go back through that and you go, wow, God showed up. He did some amazing things. And he did it through them. Uh, he used people, but he is inputting a faith, a level of faith that is beyond, and, and the miracles are happening. And look, they shut the mouths of lions. Go, apparently that happened more than once. So we've got some incredible things. So now, um, we go, well, that, that's obviously, uh, that's how it works. You know, you always have a bigger building, you have a bigger crowd, you have you got more cash. It, that's how God shows up. He does these miracle things, and he does big, and therefore you know that God's there. What if somebody told you, and you have cancer, that you needed to have more faith? Uh, the reason you're not healed is because you didn't have enough faith. What if you heard that one? How would you respond? And people do this. Routinely, which is sad, but that's true. It's up to you. If you had enough faith, well, you either got sin in your life, but usually if you had faith enough, why do they say things like that besides just being a jerk? But beyond that, there's this tendency to think God only operates when you have faith. He heals you. Let's see, you're 88 years old. You haven't had a job now in 60 years. You, you, your contributions here have come to an end. But oh my gosh, I've got to have enough faith to be healed. That's, isn't that goofy? Now back it up to 40, because we, we can do it with that number. Back it up to 40 or 20. Because if you've been in the military, 20 is not unusual for people to get taken out. You go, that's it. that's it. Midlife crisis was at 10 for them. So why doesn't God do the miracles then? And the only miracle is they survive. They get rid of cancer. They always have more. And they always have an abundance. That's faith. And I hope I just rip your views of this really bad right now. So we turn to verse 35, which is the next. Women receive their loved ones back again from death. Well, that's positive. But others, there's an important part here. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some 
were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. None of them received all that God had promised. There's a huge difference. So what if you get a horrible hand dealt to you in life? And it has been horrible. You've been sick or people in your family have been sick. You just haven't made enough money. You've lived in some difficult you lived through difficult situations and periods of history, and you have been faithful. You've been faithful. There are people in Nigeria who are walking with the Lord who are being routinely slaughtered. Their farms taken away from them by another group that is there opposed to any Christians living in Nigeria. So here's this death thing, and you go, well, you know, they, they maybe live on $40 a year. Obviously, God is not with them. Where's their faith? Why don't they have a nice car or two? Where's their house? Don't they have faith? Isn't God with them? Yes, he is. Chinese government's taking away Christians' livelihood, destroying their churches, and throwing them in prison. Obviously, they don't have enough faith. They're lacking something. Because God only gives you health and wealth and comfort and happiness. And you've just heard from the scriptures that those who are suffering and going through those things and have faith and are trusting in God for their better life after the resurrection, and God says they were too good for this world. Now you see why I have trouble with some of the other views of faith. They were too good for this world. They didn't see all the other. And our evaluation of what God is doing and when he's doing it and what is miraculous and what is outstanding and what is faith is so skewed by this world, we miss it. And God is doing something incredible through the lives of people. But if it doesn't have big, if it doesn't look flashy, he can't be in that. Darius understood it. God delivered Daniel from the lion's den. And many of us have gone through the lion's den of one sort or another, and God has delivered us or is delivering us. or We're going to have something better after the resurrection. may not be right here, right here, and, and this time. If he blesses us now, great. If he does something miraculous now, great. But it could be way out there. So, there are supernormal feats in this fusion of faith, supernormal feats, accomplishments, and wonders. That's one aspect of this. Supernormal feats, accomplishments, and wonders. The other side of that is supernormal endurance, suffering, and death. It's the other side. So enduring, and the Holy Spirit comes along and helps us to do that. Do we have enough faith in us, to live through a concentration camp, POW camp. But he does. What if he has a way of giving us faith to see miraculous things, incredible endurance that he provides because he brings it in from out there and puts it in us so that we can survive that and we can keep going. Keep trusting God. Keep, keep seeing him doing incredible things, even though we're going through suffering and death, which is one of those, another one of those things that, that comes up. Faith is necessary to get us to believing in Jesus. He offers us from that moment life eternal, and he says, along with that, there's a house in my father's house i'm gonna i'm gonna have room for you and you get to come and i will come and get you and you get to come into heaven to this 
other realm and to join him. And that sounds so awful. So just test this one. So horrible to many American Christians that they will spend millions of dollars on health care to extend their lives another month because the idea of going to heaven would be so outrageous. And they want to get that treatment, that one more treatment, to just get another... But that's not the way the believers in these early days saw it. They determined to live well, to live as Christ, to die as gain, Paul said. So to die well was considered a positive because they had faith. Where do you get faith to die well? You got to believe that God is, that he's a rewarder of those who seek him, that he has something better. And these people who trusted through their suffering and saw that were ready to face death and die well. That's waiting for everyone. And we have some really flaky believers who die screaming, trying to hold on to this world, trying to turn up the IV a little bit more, something. Oh my gosh, why in the world when God has offered us something so much better? All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. That's the other group. So supernormal endurance, suffering, and death. And you can choose one or the other, and, and often uh, Christians in different churches will pick one or the other of these. But in Hebrews 11, one follows the other. These are, it's, it's both. It's all of this. If he does one and, he, and somebody's living in mansions and God's blessed them with something, great. If they're living in rags and God has blessed them in a different way and they, are no, they acknowledge that he is God and he hasn't forgotten them. And somewhere in there, hopefully the rich guy says, hey, let me buy you dinner, get some help. But we've got two kinds of faith manifested in the book of, or in, in this chapter in Hebrews, and God is revealing himself. And this, this is faith that goes beyond there's personal faith, but this is taking it to a level of manifested faith that the Holy Spirit's got to instill in us so that we can survive going through these kind of tough times or really good times that it helps us. I remember Sotzenitsyn talking about being in the, in the gulag in prison and then coming out and, and wondering how he could handle the wealth when he came out of there, and, and some Christians who have been tortured, uh, tortured for Christ is another, and coming out of prison, being there for 13 years, and then saying, you know, I'm walking with Jesus, I'm trusting, I'm doing the whole faith thing from this latter part of Hebrews, but what, how will I handle being out and, and having resources and a comfortable place to sleep and food on a regular basis? How, how can I handle, can I still trust God? Will I still be faithful then? And almost every person I've read in that regard says it's harder to trust God when you have stuff than it is when you don't. And yet we recognize that really the faithful are the ones who have stuff. You go, wow. Where does twisted thinking come from, do you think? The Holy Spirit or is there another source that could help us? There are powers of darkness that influence our faith. And they will give us different things, different values, different value system that will draw us aside. Hebrews 11, read it later if you want, but that's both sides. So there's huge, these huge blessings, and then the other is huge suffering, and in all of it, God is there, and God is doing miraculous things. And we ought to support the person who is faithful in, in dealing with cancer and coming out the other end of that whether they go to see Jesus right away or they go into remission, whichever way that goes, to say, you suffered, you believed, you trusted, you are a saint, and we are here to applaud you. I know they ring the bell when you're done with radiation or chemo, so maybe we need one.
But it's got to be a big one. It's got to be bigger than theirs. The gift of faith. It is, it is Holy Spirit empowered. It's not that positive thinking or positive faith that I build up from the inside. It's not even my personal faith, which is necessary and important and valuable. All of that is. It's just limited. It just can't go as far. So this is Holy Spirit empowered. comes from outside, gives us something extra, the boost, the, the manifestation of signs and wonders, miraculous, all those kind of things are possible because of the Holy Spirit empowered faith. It fills one or more. It can be an individual or it can be a whole group. It can be a whole group in a church or a whole group in a mission field or a whole family. The Holy Spirit can just show up and empower in a unique way. There are great stories out there about that too and it's just fascinating how the how the holy spirit is doing this all around the world and right right now he's doing these things he's accomplishing god's purposes that faith will accomplish god's purposes is is the main purpose big buildings flashy gatherings lots of cool music crowds eh, not so much you realize in heaven, God has pavement made of gold. So he's not really impressed with whatever. Build all the buildings he want. He's got bigger, better. He's into it if, if you're into architecture and design. and you know, he's, he's done those kind of things before. But it's accomplishing God's purposes. To reach into the hearts of people. To see people who are struggling, caught up in this world... And, and coming out of that and discovering truth and finding peace and being wrapped in the arms of love. And his purposes are to reach as many in this world as possible and bring them into his family. That's his purpose. If all of these things that we've just talked about, whether it's the suffering or the big buildings, can help do that, cool. He'll, he wants to accomplish his purpose. But the Holy Spirit, when we're looking at that kind of gift of faith, it's going to bring about these things, accomplishes God's purposes, and acts in certainty and creates wonder. Acts in certainty and creates wonder. Daniel goes into the lion's den. You know, most people going into the lion's den know that there's one outcome. And Daniel goes into that going, man, not that outcome. Certainty. What happened as a result of him surviving that? Wonder. Wow. That was amazing. You survived. The king couldn't eat all night. He stayed up all night because he was worried about Daniel. Because he knew the outcome. And yet the next day he puts out a decree. This is the God y'all need to be paying attention to. Fearful. Worshipping this one. Because he will deliver from the lion's mouth. So, acts in certainty and creates wonder. What to do about the gift of faith? Acknowledge the gift and appreciate that some have the gift. It's being exercised in different places. Uh, again, around the world today, but you can look back in history and it's, it's around us all the way back. Allow the Spirit to determine who when and where the gift is applied. So if somebody tells you they have the gift of faith and they're telling you that you need to send money to support this, let me tell you about George Mueller. Just, that just popped in there. Um, two guys, Hudson Taylor and George Mueller. So in the 1800s, two guys from Europe, Hudson Taylor's from England and George Mueller's from Germany, but he moves to England and they are trusting the Lord for the things that they need to do. Hudson Taylor senses that the Lord is leading him. He grabs hold of him as a young man and says, you need to become a doctor, and then you need to go to China. So in the 1850s, this young guy is getting prepared. He trains as a doctor, gets a little bit of theological training, and he's going to take Jesus to the people in China. And part of what how he has to do this is you're going to have to have funding to be able to go, but you can't tell anybody. You can't ask for money, and you just have to trust me to provide it. 
So, you know, I know everybody here would sign up for that. So he's living in London and training, and he's got like, you know, $5 left in his pocket to live on. And he runs into this guy who's in dire straits and hasn't eaten, and the Lord lays it on his heart to give him the $5. And he's like having a little struggle internally with this whole thing, and then he goes, no. That's what I'm trying to I'm trying to learn to trust the Lord through in and through all of this. So he gave him the five dollars. And then the Lord provides money just out of the blue from other places and helps give him what he needs to survive. And he learned and it was rugged. I mean he's living in poverty, he's close, you know, day to day kind of stuff. And then the Lord gives him enough money to get a uh, get on a ship, go to China. Now he's trusting the Lord to send money, provide money while he's there. And he begins reaching people in China, learns the languages, dresses like a Chinese, and people are sending money. They, they, he, hasn't, he, doesn't, he just talks to the Lord, well, this looks like we're going to need this much, and he tells him, and the Lord sends money. takes a couple of months to get the money from England, so he's praying, the need's coming. But the Lord's already answered it because it had to come two months earlier to get there, and then the money shows up. Well, that's weird. And before long, he's got hundreds of missionaries on the field in China. And they're talking to the Lord, and the Lord's sending resources. Is that faith? Or is the guy that sends you uh, letters and solicits on TV to get more funding? You can use both. But you know which one's more impressive? The one that's clear? So, George Mueller is from Germany. He goes to England, and he sees the need for the orphans that are on the streets. And he decides, and he tries to help them, and he decides, and he and his wife have been practicing a similar thing, we're just trusting the Lord for the income, for the funding. We're not going to send out letters, and we're not going to go to churches and solicit money. We're just going to trust the Lord. We're going to ask him, tell him what our needs are, and wait for the money to come in. So the Lord would bring in resources. They would feed these kids, and then they started getting houses. And eventually, they built blocks of buildings. In this case, these buildings are cool because it's a whole different thing. They have built buildings for thousands of these kids. And it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. How did they get the money? They talked to the Lord. He'd bring the money. One time they're sitting at the meal table. And this is, you know, mid-century, uh, 1800s. So you're, you just picture, you watch some old BBC show, and you have an idea what that looks like. So they're sitting in these long tables, little bowls, little mouths open, and they got nothing. And, and he's prayed. George has prayed. And, you know, he's up at the head of the table. All right, Lord, thank you for this meal. They got nothing. And a guy knocks on the door, and they go out, and this guy says, Man, I've got this load. He's a baker. He's got, hey, I got this whole wagon load of baked goods, and the wheel came off right down at your gate. And I, I can't get this delivered in time, so could you guys use some bread? I got a whole lot. I just... Oh, yeah. So they fed the kids. But obviously, just circumstance. So he's trusting the Lord for years and years, decades, thousands of kids, by faith. Then he said, Lord, I need to help my friend Hudson Taylor. So he said, could you send extra money? And I think in the time that he prayed and sent money to Hudson Taylor, he sent $2.5 million to support the work in China. You go... Huh. So, is that the same kind of faith we're exercising? Because this is, this is uh, the God of heaven. The Holy Spirit inspired faith, guiding, directing, providing, moving people to do things, taking wheels off wagons, just whatever at the right time. And he's proving himself. And sometimes he delivers from the lion's den. It's just 
amazing. So allow the Spirit to determine who, when, and where the gift is applied. Appreciate that the gift may manifest and the magnificent and the marginalized. You may not care about those people living in the dumps in Cairo, but God does, and a whole bunch of them are Christians because the Muslims won't let them live in town. Do they feel shorted? No. God's providing. Somebody just dumped a load of bread, and God shows up because God is there for those who are living in magnificent buildings and enjoying comforts, and he's also with the marginalized. So if you're ready to join the faith, the faith that is given by the Holy Spirit, then let me invite you to do so as we pray. Father, look among us. Check our hearts. See where we are in our faith journey. Do we trust you? Or do we trust humanity or ourselves? Are we looking to you for the truth, for the power, for the provision? Lord, you do magnificent things. And we all, at some point, if we haven't been there yet, we will be be in a pit with lions. Maybe not literal lions, but we're going to be in a pit. And we need you. So I pray, Lord, for all those who open their hearts right here, right now that you would instill in them the gift of faith, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that goes beyond. And it is in the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.